This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and the ESPN app. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, and the national champion, head football coach of Michigan, is no longer the national champion head football coach of Michigan is Jim Harbaugh, as first reported by Adam Schefter, is now the coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Evan. Good morning, Smalls. Let's not bury the lead here. Parlay hit for a second straight day. All right. Parlay let's go. hit. Let's go. Let's go. We're Appreciate back. you, guys. Over 45 and a half total points and rebounds. Oh, we yeah. had We had the Minnesota Timberwolves win, Oklahoma City Thunder win. We're good. We are We're cooking good. now. We're good. One more, and it's a win streak. It has happened before. Watch out, America. Let's go. There we Let's go. go. He's heating up. Like the old NBA jams. He's heating up. Two in a row. <laughs> Two in a Two row. In Let's a row. Go. <laughs> Still minus about 1,000 for the year. That's all right. That's all right. See, you focused on the negative, man. Why are you bringing up old stuff? Well, it's all Why in. Why are you bringing up old stuff? Let's, let's live for the now. Let's live for the present, <laughs> Well, the now is that Harbaugh is with the Chargers. The now is with the, the L.A. Chargers, who Smalls has said is the most meh organization in all of sports. Smalls, they are no longer meh. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Chargers. You have done something to make yourselves permanently relevant, which I think is outstanding for them. And I'm not even saying that with shade. It's absolutely true. The L.A. Rams came in when both teams moved to L.A. They immediately captured the city, or at least as much of it as they could. They won a Super Bowl championship, and the Chargers were just an afterthought. They have been an afterthought in L.A. and, frankly, in the NFL, which is shocking because they have a team in the second biggest market in the country and a guy who we definitely consider to be a franchise quarterback. But we never talk about this team. We never give them the recognition that they probably deserve. But now bringing in somebody like Jim Harbaugh, who's had success not only at the collegiate level, but at the NFL level, and is a bona fide celebrity in his own right, he's going to come in there. He's likely going to turn things around because historically that's what he does. And he's going to make them a team that we care about. So credit to, to the Spanos family and Chargers ownership for getting it done and seemingly doing it his way. Before we get into how wrong I was, can we just focus on the greatness of Pat Mahomes, who's playing in conference championship game weekend for a sixth straight time? But the thing that really drives this home with the Harbaugh news about how great Mahomes is, think about all the coaches in the AFC West that have been hired and fired since he's gotten there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been four with the Raiders. There have been four with the Broncos. There have been three with the Chargers. That's 11 coaches. <laughs> 11 co- The guy got there in 2017. You talk about 11 coaches uh-huh. have cycled through the other three teams in the AFC West since Pat Mahomes got to the league. Like, this, this, dude, this dude is Tom Brady-esque in that way, too. Think about how he's dominated the landscape of that division. And so that's going to be the litmus test for Jim Harbaugh, but even more so for Justin Herbert. Like, that, that's the thing now. With Justin Herbert, there is no more excuse. They had questions about... Anthony Lynn's ability to be able to do the job. They had questions about Brandon Staley's ability to be able to do the job. There is <laughs> no, so. there is, and fairly, fairly enough, yeah. but there is no question about whether or not Jim Harbaugh can do the job. I mean, 44-19 as the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. When he comes back to the NFL, he will have the highest winning percentage of any active coach. So this guy is good at what he does, and he's great with quarterbacks. He turned Josh Johnson into an NFL player at San Diego. He turned Andrew Luck into a Pro Bowl, all-pro caliber quarterback. Mm -hmm. Colin Kaepernick got to a Super Bowl. And then you saw what he did with J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. He's going to turn this guy into a first-round pick. 
So there is no question about Jim Harbaugh's impact on a team's overall success, but also on a quarterback in terms of being able to bring out the most of his potential. And so I guess that's the thing that I look at this Harbaugh hire and say, hey, Justin Herbert now has to show and prove. Justin Herbert now has to live up to all of the expectations that we set for him based on the talent level that we all acknowledge that he has. But for somebody like Jim Harbaugh, who does have that resume that you just rattled off with quarterbacks, obviously he looked at Justin Herbert and saw something that was so enticing to him that he would want this job. I mean, Greeny shared it with us, what, weeks ago about talking to Jim Harbaugh. Months. Months ago, talking to Jim Harbaugh at a funeral. And Harbaugh had said in the past how much he thought Justin Herbert was a great quarterback, how much he admired him and his skill set. Because for you to leave a program that you have built up like Michigan, there has to be a big reason for you to go because he could have taken a lot of NFL jobs. And this was one that lured him out back into the national football league. And I have to think having Justin Herbert under center for him was pretty enticing. No question about it. If you look at what Harbaugh has done here at Michigan, 86 and 25, 40 and three in the last three years, won a championship this year, college football playoff the last few years here. So we know how great he has been at Michigan. It was the perfect time, right? That all the NCAA stuff is, is swirling around. Around. He goes to the NFL, a place where he's 44-19-1 in San Francisco. And if you look at this right now on a five-year deal, for me, when I look at expectations around the L.A. Chargers and Justin Herbert now that Jim Harbaugh is the coach, I believe it is fair to assume they will get to a Super Bowl and possibly win a Super Bowl. And I now look at Justin Herbert and I say it is more likely than not he will be a top-five quarterback in this league for the next five years. Outside of the obvious in Mahomes and Lamar Jackson – maybe even put Burrow in there. I will buy stock in Herbert now more than any other quarterback in the league. That includes Stroud, that includes Hurts, that definitely includes Josh Allen, and even the guy that I love in Brock Purdy. I will buy the stock in Justin Herbert because that's how good I think Harbaugh is going to be with you him. You said more than any other quarterback in the league? Outside of Mahomes and Lamar. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah I said I, leave those two out. Okay. So more than your boy Trevor Lawrence? Right now, I feel more confident in this pairing than I do Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson okay. because I have never seen this go wrong. I've never seen Harbaugh go wrong. There's no example of this when this guy takes over. See, a lot of people are great quarterback coaches when they're the quarterback coach or when they're the offensive coordinator. Not as much when they're the head coach. John Gruden, case in point. Everybody thinks he's the greatest quarterback coach of all time. Go look at the quarterbacks when he was the head coach of the team. More responsibilities. Three sides of the ball. All three phases. That kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. This guy is different. This guy always gets the most out of his quarterback, and he chose this job more than they even chose him. This is the job he wanted dating back to October 26th when Greeny came on our show and said this to us. This is the one that he wants. He got it. I now expect Justin Herbert from this point on to be a top-five quarterback in the NFL. Well, he better be. I mean, listen, Justin Herbert, since he's coming to the league, he's seventh in QBR, he's third in passing yards, and he's fourth in passing touchdowns, but he has the 23rd best winning percentage of starting quarterbacks that are QBR qualified. So, like, it, like the, the, the statistics, the production has to translate to team success. Mm-hmm. And unless it does, then I think it's fair to say that he underachieved. There's no longer the argument that his coaches are letting him down. Like, you have a competent head coach that we've seen have success in the National Football League across a couple of different quarterbacks, whether it was Alex Smith or Colin Kaepernick. The result was the same for the 49ers. They were in the conference championship game. So if you're Justin Herbert, you don't have the excuse of Pat Mahomes being in your same division. You don't have the excuse of being in the tougher two conferences. You got to go out there and get this thing done because you have a proven program builder in Jim Harbaugh. Everywhere he goes, the place is better for having him in the building. 
And so if the Chargers don't receive a bump this year, if you're talking about them being on the outside looking into the playoffs, then that is a problem and ultimately an indictment on Justin Herbert. Like enough already with the physical talent. We, we see he's a big, strong kid, a great athlete with a howitzer for an arm. At some point, that has to correlate to team success. Much in the same way we had this conversation with Josh Allen, but even more so because we don't have any questions about Jim Harbaugh as the coach as opposed to Sean McDermott. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that I want to see from Justin Herbert, him be able to elevate this team, him be able to display those quarterback intangibles that we praise the greats for. So guys like Pat Mahomes, guys like Lamar Jackson. So then let's play this out. Let's pretend ESPN Bet had a bet right now. You can go on there and you could put money down on who has a better next five years. That's the length of the reported uh, Harbaugh contract per Adam Schefter. You could bet on Herbert or you could bet on jo- uh, Josh Allen. I'm going to bet on Herbert. Herbert. Me too. Because of And Harbaugh. it's circumstantial, right? It's not like Herbert is not better than Josh Allen right now. But our assumption is Herbert with Harbaugh's coaching Correct. will become better than Josh Allen. Like, he's a really good quarterback. I think he can take that next step into being a superstar quarterback. Next five years. Well, here's to, the thing. Yeah. Herbert has been as a deficit in terms of coaching as opposed to Josh Allen. Fair. Uh, next five years, you had to make the bet in terms of expectations with Herbert. Herbert or Jalen Hurts? Herbert. That's a tough one. Because I don't know what the turnover is going to look like in Philadelphia over the next Because you're assuming years. that yeah, a new yeah, coach we, will we, be there. We got, we got to get into that one, too. <laughs> we got to get into that one. And you're assuming that they'll miss their window for Belichick, potentially, even though there's no opportunity right now for him. But yes. we're assuming that I'm maybe they... I'm assuming that, yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're going Herbert. Yeah, I don't know about that one. That's a toss-up. That's a coin flip. Okay. Herbert or, or Trevor Lawrence, next five years. I mean, that's, that's another one of those that's right there. But I'm going to go Herbert. Okay. So this is what we're saying now. Justin Herbert was not a top five quarterback for the next five years yesterday, right? Or two, two days ago, excuse me, was not. Now we are looking at him and saying the expectations for Justin Herbert, now that Jim Harbaugh is your coach, is it's on you, not your coach anymore, if you're not a top five quarterback. Okay, and that's great. Top five quarterback, that's great. But what does that mean for the team's success? More likely than Jim not, Harbaugh is show, winning. Jim Harbaugh is not showing up to make Justin Herbert just a top five quarterback. He's showing up to get a Lombardi trophy. He's got unfinished business in the NFL. But like, this guy wins wherever he goes. Yeah, exactly, I mean, exactly. So, I mean, Justin Herbert being a top-five quarterback, that's great. But what does that mean for the team? I mean, Justin Herbert, QBR-wise, was a top-five quarterback this year. But the team won, what, four games? So what, what does that mean in terms of the team success? That's how I'm going to judge the experiment that's happening with the L.A. Chargers. Can Justin Herbert elevate to a place where now we're talking about the Chargers in the conversation for being a team that can challenge the Baltimore Ravens, that can challenge the Chiefs, that can challenge the Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals for AFC supremacy? Mm-hmm. Well, it's what, chicken and what, egg, right? In terms of like, is is the t- the quarterback really good? Excuse me, the team really good? So we rank the quarterback in the top five, or is it vice versa? Like, if you look at the top five quarterbacks right now, Mahomes, Lamar, Burrow, right? You want to put him in there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then who after that? I think you draw a line, and okay. then there's a, a group of four or five quarterbacks, and Justin Herbert is in that crowd. What can he do to ascend to that top three, top four position? And we're assuming that if he does, then that means the team's overall success is going to be there. Bingo. That's where my mind goes. I, I don't Bingo necessarily think that that's a guarantee, though. Well, then you have problems. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's my point. Right. But, but haven't the Chargers always... Haven't the Chargers always had problems? But there are some people that you bring in in sports that you're like, I understand we smell, but they are really good deodorant and cologne combined here and perfume all in, right? And Harbaugh is one of those things. Like, hey, we really stink right now. We had Rich Rod and Brady Hoke, offense, 
we weren't doing anything in Michigan. Let's bring this guy in. Oh, wow, we won a national championship. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be the deodorant and the cologne. But, I mean, here's the, here's the thing. Expectations in year one, Jim Harbaugh, Justin Herbert, playoffs. No doubt. Bare minimum. Double-digit wins and playoffs. Bare minimum. Yeah. Bare minimum. And I don't care how good the division is, and it is really good in terms of coaching. Oh, it's great. Doesn't matter. You have to win double-digit games and make the playoffs. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. That's the number to join the show. We're asking you guys about fair expectations right off the bat now that Harbaugh is with the Chargers. We say playoffs in year one and Herbert developing into a top-five quarterback in the NFL. We're Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. That's where we're going. Better compete for each Super Bowl. And they probably will at some point with Jim Harbaugh and Justin Herbert. We're on Sportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Now, I will say this. Uh, yeah. I mean, Chargers compete for a Super Bowl. I don't mean next year. No, I'm just, no, but it's just the idea of it. The Chargers competing for a Super Bowl, Smalls, I don't know about it. Like, I, I have a hard time saying that statement and keeping a straight face okay. because of how meh that franchise has been. Okay, let's rephrase it. Jim Harbaugh competing for a Super Bowl. Fair. Justin Herbert's right. hair feels competing right. for a Super Bowl. It feels right. You know what? I want to sit here and apologize to the Chargers organization because I did not think they had the stomach for this. Number one, to to allow Jim Harbaugh to come in and be the football czar, yep. but to also pay him what it would cost to pry him from Michigan, right? Because he had a contract on the table in Michigan, that would have made him the highest paid coach in college football. So, I mean, the, the fact that they were willing to at least match what Ward Manuel, the athletic director from Michigan, put on the table, I, I just, I'm impressed from that organization because the track record would suggest otherwise. It would say that they wouldn't make a move like this, but the fact that they didn't spare any expense when it came to getting the best coaching for a team and for a quarterback that has the talent to compete at a championship level. Good on the Chargers for being able to do that. Good on the Spanos family. Could not agree more. And you can't accuse them now of not wanting to win or not doing what it takes. And that was always the book out on the Chargers is we don't think that they would have the stomach to do something like this. But going out and getting somebody like this, who you're not only going to pay a lot of money to, but as you said, making the football czar, basically give him the power that he commands, which a lot of organizations don't have the guts to do, especially with Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick now being away from their post after they had done it for so long. I think that they, they do deserve a lot of credit for making this move. You but, know, yesterday we sat here and we said, 
are these teams who are out there going to regret not going after Belichick? And we listed we listed Philadelphia and Dallas and Buffalo, et cetera. I don't care if Jim Harbaugh becomes the worst head coach in the history of the NFL during the Chargers era. The Chargers are crossed off that list. Big time. They get a pass on this. They made a move for an all-time great coach. Yeah, and it, and it makes it feel a little better, the fact that they passed on Sean Payton last year, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? They could have fired Brandon Staley after that playoff, I think I'd rather have that, that playoff collapse. Well, that's what I'm saying. Me too. It, it makes it better. Like yeah. you, you, you passed on the opportunity to hire Sean Payton when everybody knows that he wanted that job, and that was a proven coach and somebody that's been great with quarterbacks in his own right. But then you follow that up. You fire Brandon Staley in the middle of the season, and then you bring in a name like Jim Harbaugh, fresh off of a college national championship. Hundred percent. Good on him. But I will say this: when we start talking about those teams that could have fired their coach yeah. for Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. This guy, Jim Harbaugh, was out there to be had. To, yeah, in addition that, that, to that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Jim Harbaugh was out there to be <laughs> yeah, had. You went Harbaugh or Sirianni No, I'm just Eagles. saying, you could have had Harbaugh if yeah. you're Philadelphia. You could have had Harbaugh if you're the Dallas Cowboys, and you decided to run it back with the current coach that you have, even though I don't know that that's exactly what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing. They didn't fire Nick Sirianni, but it certainly doesn't feel like he's the person in charge. But that's a, that's a sidebar. We'll get to that. But Jim Harbaugh was somebody that you could go get, somebody that was a proven commodity mm-hmm. in the NFL level, and you decided to pass on him as well. And we're going to get to the calls here at 888-SAY-ESPN, but let's just give some advice to the NFL, okay? I know you've done this before with Jim Tressel, and I know there was a report from the NFL Network months ago about the idea that the NFL could apply whatever NCAA ruling against Harbaugh and use it in the NFL. Stay out of this, will you please? You just got Harbaugh. With a Met organization that is irrelevant in L.A., NFL, stay out of it. If the NCAA wants to ban them for the next decade, who cares? Stay out of it. If the NFL does one thing to this guy because the Connor Stallions thing, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, I don't want stay them, out of I don't want them to discipline him, but I don't want them to stay out of it because the Chargers do play the Baltimore Ravens, so <laughs> if we're following the NFL script... I mean, the Baltimore Ravens win the Super Bowl and then to open the regular season in 2024. Well, that's different. I'm saying we don't have, suspend we have, we have Harbaugh. John, we have John and Jim Harbaugh. Loving that. From so, uh, That would be amazing. Now, I don't know if it'll work because they're supposed to play in SoFi, but I, I just, that would be spicy. Like early on in the regular season to open the NFL season, have John and Jim Harbaugh. Well, you could have oh. it if they don't win the Super Bowl. That's the way you do it. So whoever wins the Super Bowl gets the Thursday night game, and then we get it ESPN on the Monday so night game. So is Pat Mahomes going back to the Super Bowl then? Well, I'm just by, saying, by virtue don't of we our want lo- it? By virtue of our logic, is Pat Mahomes so going back we'll, to the Super Bowl? Here's what we'll do. We'll get, we'll get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman Monday night football to start the regular season with the Chargers and the Ravens. Jawan and Columbus watching on ESPN2. What's up, Jawan? What's up? What's up? Hey, CC, what's up? Hey, CC, um... You ain't have to stutter on that. I'm going with Hurts all day for the next five years. It ain't even close, but look. Mm. Like you said, ain't no excuses now. He's strapped. Derwin James, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. You know what they're going to do, CC. So I want to hear how strap of a team Jalen Hurts did. He got his team to the Super Bowl in his first three years. It was the best player in the Super Bowl. So you know what they're going to do, see? Ain't no more excuses. Yeah, there's no more. Jawan, there are no more excuses, and we appreciate the phone call. Justin Herbert got to go out there and get this done. Mm-hmm. Point blank, period. Like, like you, 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 like all of a sudden, the common denominator is you. If you don't have success, it's not because Anthony Lynn couldn't coach. I mean, it's, people won't blame Brandon Staley as much because they'll say something's wrong with you if you can't go to the playoffs and have playoff success with Jim Harbaugh as your head coach. And so, I think that's the standard that we're now going to have to fairly judge Justin Herbert on. But the challenge is going to be getting out of the division, right? I mean, you, you've got. 
Pat Mahomes, the, the current GOAT in the National Football League. And this guy starts the season in the conference championship game. So, I, I mean, if you're Justin Herbert, that that is the bar that you have to clear. And that's not something that's going to be easily done. Like, this was the year. If you were going to get the Chiefs, if you were going to win the AFC West, this was the year. This was the retool year. We're going to shift identities, go from being offensive-centric to defensive-centric, and have Pat Mahomes, you know, be, you know, bridge the gap in terms of the things that we got to overcome with the young receivers. But you didn't, you didn't get them this year. Matter of fact, you had your worst year with Justin Herbert as your quarterback. So there is a huge, huge difference, disparity between where the Chiefs are at and where the the Chargers are at. And not only Jim Harbaugh, but Justin Herbert are going to have to be the ones to help that team bridge that gap. No doubt. And you talk about getting out of the division. What a coaching crop we have in the AFC West. Now you have Sean Payton with the Broncos, obviously Andy Reid with the Chiefs. We're all excited about Antonio Pierce, hopefully revitalizing the Raiders into what they once were. And now you have Jim Harbaugh with the Chargers. All eyes are going to be on the AFC West. I mean, there's a lot of pressure for Justin Herbert to be that guy, but think about the pressure that, that it's going to be for him to win that division. Yeah, no question. By, and by the way, for anybody that we're choosing, if you're choosing Herbert the way we uh, arranged it, when you're choosing Herbert over Hurts the next five years, we're talking about the combo package. We're talking about head coach quarterback combo and where you would knock Hurts down to who he has as his head coach right now. Yeah. Matt in Atlantic City watching on ESPN2. What's up, Matt? Yeah, good morning, Evan, CC, and Michelle. I think this is absolutely fantastic for Jim Harbaugh going to the L.A. Chargers. I thought it was either him or Belichick. Congratulations to that franchise. I think the expectations now for the L.A. Chargers, you're going to be a 12-win team this year, at least make it to the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl. Now, before this, and I agree with you, Evan, we didn't think he was a top-five quarterback before this, but actually, I'm going to throw something out. You guys might disagree with me. I thought Justin Herbert was way better than Joe, Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts both combined. I think he's smarter. I think his IQ is better. I think he's more athletic. No disrespect to both those quarterbacks. Oh, um, no, it's disrespect. Matt, 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 it's disrespect. <laughs> yeah. You can't say what you said about Justin Herbert being better than Joe Burrow and it's not even close and not have disrespect toward Joe Burrow. Like Joey, like Joey B had the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. Correct. The Bengals, in terms of franchises that were maligned, the Bengals were far worse than the L.A. Chargers. And Joe Burrow took them to the Super Bowl in year two. And oh, by the way, on the way to the Super Bowl, be Pat Mahomes. Like, think about it. Coming into this season, back-to-back conference championship games with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's how good Joe Burrow is. And he was getting so, sacked so all let's, the time. So let's not sit here and do that now that Justin Herbert has Jim Harbaugh and have the Joey Burrow slander. I'm not going to stand for it. Me we either. ain't going to do that on this show. No. We ain't going to do that. Well, if you think he's going to be better than Burrow in the future, you can go there. You can't do it based on the past. Right? No. Based two dates, Joe Burrow's had a better career than Justin Herbert. If you want to say next five years, you have more belief in Justin Herbert than you do in Joe Burrow, you can make that claim. It's not based on evidence previously, but you can make that claim, and that's more of a belief, I think, in Harbaugh than anything else. I think with Burrow, though, it's out of sight, out of mind, because he's been injured and he's not he, in the playoffs. We haven't so been talking good. about him. Let's not forget forget how good he is. All right, coming up. When he's healthy, there's only, you know, one quarterback that I would definitely take over him, and it's a toss-up with him and Lamar. That's how good Joey B is. I will say this, though. Last point I'm going to make. Because of Jim Harbaugh going to the AFC West, pressure's on the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders to find a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Because you ain't going to win in that division now without a quarterback. You're not. So that's going to be interesting to watch the rest of this offseason and how – 
this head coaching hire is going to impact the landscape of it and what those other teams do and how aggressive they are in free agency in the draft. Coming up, one job now, another job, I should say, is all filled up, right, with Harbaugh to the Chargers. How does this impact the rest of the coaching carousel? Plus, more of your calls on the expectations for Harbaugh and Herbert. Next, it's on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Flashback. I ran into Jim at an event at a funeral uh, about a year ago, and he was raving about Justin Herbert. Raving. And he just kept going on and on about how good he thinks he is, etc., etc. And my mind keeps going back to that. So that would feel like a fit to me. I will never get over it. I've told Greedy this. Him calling a funeral an event. <laughs> an event is like when we were in Florida and we went to events, right, around golf tournaments, charitable events. CeCe has a charity every year with an event. Yes. A funeral. Not an event. <laughs> a funeral event? He said, I went to an event. A funeral. <laughs> I mean, Greedy got it right. Let's not get it twisted. That yeah. was from our show October 26th of this of 2023. Where Greeny said he predicted what happened yesterday with with Harbaugh to the Chargers, but he called the funeral an event. But it it might be an event if you're getting piping hot tea like that Mm. about what Jim Harbaugh would like to do if he goes back to the NFL. Because he had the intel months before this was even on our radar because of an event. It's not an event. Just saying. Well... It's, well, not, it's not an event. It's an, a funeral. But an event no is other word. a hey, gathering. Hey, yeah. It's I a mean, gathering of people, right? An I was event? at this unbelievable party. See, this person died. Um, and, like, and they, they had food. And they had food. It was a, it was and like great spread. These, Harbaugh was there. It was unbelievable. <laughs> a lot of people. Now we had to kill someone in order for that to happen. But <laughs> A lot of people want their funerals to be a party. They even will put it in their will. I want you to celebrate my life. I don't want you to be sad. I want you to celebrate me. Yeah, but if you celebrate too hard, then people are looking at you sideways. Maybe you wanted the person to die. <laughs> like, that, like, that, like that's the thing. Like, if you're too, if you're too joyous, if you're all smiles and you're kicking it, I mean, you're you're doing all the dance. You swag surfing. Like, if you're doing all of that, then people are looking at you like, what? what I mean, what, what's going on here? Like, all right, did I'm you, gonna ask did you, the act, did you actually like the person? You're a little too excited. You're a little bit too happy that this person is gone. Hypothetical of all time. Go oh, ahead. great. Here we go. Think about in your mind right now, the dream person you'd love to meet. Right? Okay. Just meet. Okay. All right. You have that person in your mind. Yes. And I told you you could meet them, but it had to be at a funeral. Do you sign up for it? Totally. 
So somebody nah, would have to die in order for nah, you to meet nah, that dream. You know what? I'm good on that. I don't want that on my conscience. Like, I'd love to sit there and have dinner with Michael Jordan. Yeah. I don't want to have it at a funeral. Yeah. That's not how I want to get there. I'm with you on that one. A thousand you're not going to have dinner at a funeral. But, you know what I'm saying. So I guess I, I am not afraid of death. Everybody's going to die. It's just the reality of life that we're all going to die. Sure. And I just don't think it's that big of a deal. People are born every day. People die every day. Now, yeah. Do I want it to be someone I know and love? Of course not. But unfortunately, we're going to have to go to many funerals in our life. If Oprah just so happens to be in front of me in line at a funeral, that's a better funeral than most. So now there's good funerals. Now we're ranking funerals. You don't think if I met Oprah at a funeral, it would be better than any other funeral I had been to? I hate that you put the strategy behind it, though. You're ranking funerals. Because it's like, who do we have to kill off to make this happen? I hate that you put that hypothetical out there. You have a sick, twisted mind, Evan Cohen. Thank you. Greeny, like, yeah, what hypothetical? Okay, well, when you think you about, you can meet the person, that, the person that you want to meet the most. You right. can meet him at a funeral. Yeah, Why right. You, you went with Oprah. Well, because so morbid. When you think yeah. about who Beyonce, who broke who broke the hard part of the Chargers news, Schefter, who first tipped us off to it? Greeny. How? Funeral. <laughs> a funeral. It is unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Bundle home and auto and save with uh, visit so, so progressive.com. It, so it wasn't inevitable that Brandon Staley was going to get fired once Greeny had that conversation at the funeral. I guess, yeah. Uh, I don't know uh, when the funeral was in relation to that. Well, it was know. October. Brandon Staley got fired you know, in December. If mm. Greeny was at the funeral, do you think anyone from the Chargers was also at the funeral? I mean, what, did, they, did, they huddle, booster, did they huddle up to plan this? Was Shefty there too? Like, I'm just it was a mi- to, it, I'm just it could have been. To, I'm just trying to figure this out. Because I believe it was a Michigan booster that they knew that unfortunately passed. So Shefty is a Michigan guy. So this was all coordinated, is what you're saying. Somebody, somebody else in the back of the line is like, what did he say about, about Herbert? I was going to, boy. Now you're, I don't know, yeah, you're boy. the one that went down this road. I understand, road. but he called it an event. He called the funeral yeah, I don't an know event. Who call, I don't know who calls a funeral I hope an my event. funeral is an event. You know what? That's why Greeny can't babysit my kids. I mean, oh, we, he we, was very we bothered ranked, by we that. We ranked the babysitters yeah. at ESPN, the top three that we would want to babysit our kids at ESPN. That's why Greeny was left off the list, because he calls funerals events. That's why. He yeah, wants he, to know why he had a beef with me in the hallway in terms of him being left off the list. That's why. He asked me, too, in the kitchen. He yeah. was like, hey, what's the deal? I was left off the list. I was yeah. like, you are a good it, option. It's, but, but, no, you're not a good option. Not when you call funerals events. You're not a good option. <laughs> No. <laughs> he did kind of break this story. Uh, now, now. Great, great at sports and entertainment. Yeah. I don't trust him to babysit my kids if you're calling funerals events. I just wouldn't want him to turn my kids into Jets fans. That's the other part, too. Yeah. I think that's harder than just convince. You need a lot of convincing to voluntarily become a Jets fan, I think, at this point in life. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the jobs that are now open, still open. Carolina, Atlanta, Washington, Seattle, right? We have four, if I'm not mistaken. And Belichick is interviewed for Atlanta. Vrabel seemingly is interviewed for Carolina or will interview for Carolina, Atlanta, and Seattle. Washington, it feels like they're going to go with Ben Johnson at some point, the Lions assistant coach. Mm-hmm. How are we projecting now these four? Like if we had to place a dollar ESPN bet on where we go, because I'll place the dollar on Ben Johnson in Washington. That's where I would go. Mm-hmm. Feels like a good bet. Seattle. Vrabel. Feels I like think Vrabel. Vrabel, yes. Carolina feels like someone, and maybe Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator for the Texans. I wouldn't want that job if I'm him. Okay, so I don't know where that. I, I, I don't goes. know where Carolina. Raheem goes. Morris. 
I it wouldn't might, want it, it if I'm it, him, it, though. It might be somebody like that, somebody that's a retread, somebody that gets a chance second time around. But, I, I mean, if you're a young and up-and-coming coach and you know you're going to have options over the next several years, I wouldn't touch the Carolina Panthers job. I get it, one of 32. But, I mean, you don't have the chance to become a head coach that often, and you, there's no guarantee that you will get another shot. So I don't know that I would take that job with that owner. But, yeah, it feels like the Atlanta Falcons is setting up for Bill Belichick. Like I hope it's, so. it's, check, it's checking the box – in terms of what he would want, which is not being in a major media market, not wanting to have to deal with people poking and prodding, trying to get sources within his organization. It doesn't scare you off that they've had all these other interviews? I mean, it, I've had it, a lot of it them. Feels like, it feels like they're doing their due diligence, but, but for where they're at, I, I mean, that is a team that you could say is legitimately a quarterback away. They are a quarterback away. They have a top 10 defense. They have all the skill position players you could want. They've got a really good offensive line. The only thing they're missing is the quarterback. And if you can have a plan on how you're going to address that this offseason, then I would feel comfortable with Bill Belichick stepping in. I don't want him to have to draft and develop a guy. If you have an opportunity to either trade for somebody or somebody becomes available in free agency, then go that route. But as long as you had a plan at the quarterback spot, then I think that is a winnable division Mm -hmm. for the Atlanta Falcons, especially if Bill Belichick is your head coach. Which is why I'm like this emoji, because you've had Bill Belichick in there. You're like what emoji? We're on the radio. The thinking emoji. Maybe the the one with the monocle. The monocle or the thinking emoji. You've talked to Bill Belichick (laughs) twice now. Where is the sense of urgency? You have the greatest head coach of all time, and you've spoken to him twice. So clearly he's interested in the job. Where is the sense of urgency from the Atlanta Falcons to hire him? Which is why I I don't know if it's going to be him. All signs are pointing that way, yet they're still conducting interviews and, as you said, doing their due diligence with other candidates, which makes me be the thinking emoji. Why? I would just expect for this person, even at his age and even with what the state of the New England Patriots was over the past two seasons, for this man to be available and want your job, there to be things a little bit more expedited. Is there any that. part of this that makes you think he doesn't want that job, though? No, because why would you interview twice? But I guess my whole point, Smalls, with the urgency question is why do they have to rush? He's not interviewing anywhere else. That's a we can good do point. our we can do our due due diligence on other candidates and make sure that we get comfortable with the idea of bringing Bill Belichick in because it's not just something that's going to dramatically impact your locker room. It's going to dramatically impact your organization and how the power dynamics work within the Falcons building. So I guess that would be my thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's talk to Mike Vrabel. Let's talk to all of these other candidates. And if there's not somebody that blows us away, then let's go with Bill Belichick. But I guess the question then becomes, why aren't these other teams interviewing Bill Belichick? Yeah. And I guess my uh, my answer to that would be maybe those other teams think that his style is antiquated and that – might not necessarily be the best way to have success with this generation of athlete in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that I can come to because it's not a coaching thing. It's not an X's and O's. Right. I mean, Certainly if, not a if resume he, thing. If he's not going to have personnel control, that would be the only thing that would give me cause to pause is whether or not he can communicate effectively with this generation of athlete. And the one thing that's telling for me, the one optic that I can't get out of my head is after the big win on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers in a primetime game, Belichick walks in the locker room and then Bailey Zappi comes in and he hugs Bill O'Brien and Belichick looks at him and doesn't do anything, doesn't say anything to Bailey Zappi. And that was a tremendous performance by Bailey Zappi. That's the one optic that I can't get Mm. out of my mind, Ev. And I guess the question then becomes, does that work in today's NFL? With, with, With looking at players 
as you know somebody that's down the line in terms of the organization's power structure as opposed to looking at them as partners. It's clear that Bill Belichick is the czar and it's top down with him, but players want somebody that can be more collaborative. At least this generation of players does. And so if you got a head coach that's walking down the hallway and doesn't say anything to you, I don't know how that works in today's game. The only thing I would say is that clip you're talking about did go viral. They did hug the next week after the game. So there was the moment where Belichick and Zappi did have that moment. It's that one that you're talking about is the one. And you were, I believe you were in Paris for that one when this, when that happened, if I'm not mistaken. So you were living a great life while we were sitting here schwitzing with me in seven layers in Florida. Cause I didn't change my getup even when I was in warm weather. Are you going <laughs> to wear a hoodie and a bomber during summertime? You'll find out next on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. (laughs) We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Our producer, Pat Costello, may want to cover his ears right now. Uh-oh. Well, he's a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. There's some conversation that needs to be had about the Philadelphia Eagles. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. So Nick Sirianni, head coach of the Eagles, and Howie Roseman, the general manager, met with the media yesterday, and here is what Sirianni had to say. Nick, if the, if the offensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the offense and the defensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the defense, what is your role going to be? The head coach of the football team. What does that entail? How, how does it change? Yeah, um, I guess what you know, it would be this very similar to what's going on right now. Um, you know, if that mean I'll sit more into defensive meetings at times, maybe, right? Instead of always being in an offensive meeting, maybe I go to a defensive meeting here and there. Um, but my job is to be the head coach of the team, not the head coach of the offense, not the head coach of the defense, not the head coach of the special teams, but be the be the head coach of the football team. And so that's building the culture. That's making sure the culture's, um, you know, working you know with our our five core values are taking every day at a time like we're not coming up with new core values uh i mean we may shuffle of where you know where the things are that are important um and the most important um but that's diving into that building the culture having a relationship with the guys on the football team um because i know when when i have that connection with the guys on the football team um that's when things are you know that when that's when the culture is working um, and, and working at high level. And then that's where the, our connection with the players and then their connection with each other works well, too. I got to be honest. I, I would never have answered that question if I were him. What's your role going to be? I'm the coach. Like, Don't ask me that question. The Belichick approach is the right approach. I'm sorry. It's just it, say nothing. 
The more this guy talks, the more trouble he gets himself into. <laughs> Say nothing. What do you mean, what's your role? I'm the head coach. What, what do you mean? I'm not blaming the, whoever asked the question. I'm blaming answering a question like that. Hey, hey, Chris, Michelle, you're hosts of the show. What's your role in the show? The host. <laughs> what the hell kind of question is this? I'm not answering that in depth. I'm not. Yeah, if you Less find is you, more. If you find yourself on the explaining end, you're on the losing end. Mm, like just, that, that's that's what it is. But it, it was telling to listen to Sirianni try to answer that question, twisting himself into a pretzel, and then Howie Roseman following up right after that and trying to elaborate on his explanation. It just goes to show you that. Nick Sirianni ain't pulling the strings in Philadelphia. And if you're a player watching that press conference or it gets back to you what that optic was like, how the hell are you going to respect the authority of Nick Sirianni? How are you going to trust that this man is going to have the answers in terms of being able to get things fixed if you face adversity throughout the upcoming season, which you inevitably will? Like, that's the part that doesn't make sense to me in terms of Philadelphia staying the course with their head coach. And then them blowing up the coaching staff and going out and getting different coordinators. They just hired Vic Fangio to D- as the D.C. yesterday, or they're going to hire Vic Fangio as the D.C. It, it just seems like this is something that is above Nick Sirianni in terms of how they're reshaping the coaching staff. And if the head coach is not the one leading the charge in terms of picking his lieutenants, then what are we even doing? Right. After that press conference yesterday, do any of us have more confidence in Nick Sirianni and the Eagles? Because I, I, I certainly don't. I don't have more confidence in them. I have more questions than I have answers. And after that was all said and done yesterday, it just felt like a clock ticking. It just felt like it was even more of a mess and it's more convoluted than it was before and that it's not going to get worked out anytime soon. Well, here's the thing. If you said, do you have more confidence in the Eagles today than you did yesterday and you left out the press conference part, I would say yes, only because I didn't see the Vic Fangio move coming. Mm. Right? He and the Dolphins, uh, per Adam Schefter, agreed to mutually part ways. He's known as one of the great defensive coordinators this league has seen. Mm -hmm. Dolphins are a whole other story, by the way. Side note, they're not going to get the headline. Three defensive coordinators in three years underachieving based on start in the last two years, pressure's going to be on Miami next year. Just something to keep in mind, back pocket for later. But I have more confidence in the Eagles because I think Vic Fangio, with the talent they have on defense, is going to figure that defense out. So, yes, I have more confidence in the Eagles, but not when you added the part smalls about after listening to the press conference. Because when we listened to the press conference, we didn't know about the Fangio part. Correct. That was after. So... I do feel a little differently about the Eagles because I think about Jalen Carter and Vic Fangio and think, okay, well, that's going to be impossible to stop, that guy. And I think about Jalen Hurts having, I guess, maybe kind of something to prove, but I don't know who's coaching him on offense right now. I, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know how they could look at this situation and not think Belichick makes more sense, not think Harbaugh made more sense, not think Vrabel makes more sense. You know what? Even Vic Fangio, who wasn't a great head coach with the Denver Broncos, if I gave you the choice right now of current, or as of, let's say today, employees of the Eagles, you could have Fangio as a head coach next year or Sirianni, who would you take? I mean, I would take Vic Fangio. Right, so they have a better head coach on their own staff. But I guess that's the problem, right? Because when you have a situation where players don't know who to respect in terms of the end-all, be-all, when it comes to authoritarian figures in the coaching staff, you got an issue. Like, mm-hmm. I live this nightmare with Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett. They hired Jason Garrett to be the offensive coordinator before they hired Wade Phillips to be the head coach with the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And it was a nightmare season. Why? They had a team that was 13-3, and three, underachieving, go 8-8 eight and eight the following year. Or not, like, what or, was or, that or, like? Or, Explain what that well, was what, like. What I'm trying to say is when there's an issue within the team, 
there ends up being a problem in terms of players not knowing who to go to to get the issue resolved. And when you don't have everybody singing from the same hymnal, then that creates problems. And you don't ever want players to feel like they can usurp the authority of the head coach, whether it means going to the general manager, going to the owner, or in this instance, defensive guys going to Vic Fangio. Like, that ends up being a problem. They're supposed to go to Sirianni. They're supposed to go to Nick Sirianni. That ends up being a problem. And so I guess that's the thing that I'm forecasting in Philadelphia, especially if Howie Roseman was the one that was leading the charge to hire Vic Fangio and not Nick Sirianni. And by all... You know, by all the look of it, it feels like that's what's happening in Philly. So, again, when I saw that press conference yesterday, I was like, man, this dude, Nick Sirianni, ain't going to make it through the trade deadline next year. That's how bad this thing is setting up to be in Philadelphia. You can't have – just like you can't have two quarterbacks. If you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterback. If you got two head coaches, you got no head coach. And that's what it's starting to feel like in terms of the dynamic on the coaching staff with the Eagles. Also, if he's in charge of the culture, yes, he went to a Super Bowl last year, but he also was in charge of the culture that had a complete breakdown for two months this season. So I don't know how strongly I feel about him being in charge of the culture in Philadelphia after what he just oversaw. I mean, saying out loud, I'm in charge of the culture is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard in my life. You can't be, culture's not something you can be in charge of. You're in charge of the organization. You're in charge of, your job is to lead people to do things at times they don't necessarily want to do for the good of the team, and that creates the culture. You can't be in charge. Culture is not a tangible thing, right? Even for my team that I love in the Heat, Heat culture, wh- what does that mean? It's not tangible. You can't actually be in charge of culture. That doesn't work that way. And if anyone is, the players are. We're Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.